welcome to another edition of Rohatbu, random selections of the official handbook of the Marvel Universe Deluxe Edition. I'm your host, Sean. How are you? I am here because we are still in flux here, uh, you know, in, in the worst collection ever home base. Uh, so hopefully you guys are sticking with us and uh, we really appreciate it uh, that your patience because um, we will get back to some new uh, comics and everything like that. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. It's just uh, right now things are a little bit in flux with the house and everything. Uh, to be, I'll, I'll just outlie it right now, but, like, basically, you know, we had to get a bunch of pipes fixed. So in order to fix, fix the pipes, you have to tear up the entire rug and tear it up. They did, and they fixed the pipes, and everything seems to be in good shape so we're trying to get a new rug set up down there because right now everything's just kind of huddled in a corner you know we had some some like emergency stuff that had to be fixed or at least tended to so stuff isn't exactly in the right space for us you know and also all of our com you know because of this rug business all of our comics are outside in the garage and they're buried uh with other stuff so it's kind of hard for me to go and look through some stuff. I have some stuff set aside, and I think maybe in a few weeks we might be able to do some stuff with uh, the comics, uh, myself and Jen. But as it stands right now, things are definitely uh, kind of, I keep using the word flux, but I mean, that's true. You know, things are definitely a little bit uh, cattywampus, as my friend Steve Austin would say. And uh, we'll, we'll get back to normal soon enough. So thank you for your patience again. Uh, in the meantime, I am going to be doing these official handbook of the Marvel Universe Deluxe Edition reviews because, uh, well, no, I, I, frankly, I like doing them. You know, I like looking through these books. These, these are my, these are right up my alley. I love these kind of books. I love what they offer. Uh, I got the whole who's who of DC comics, the DC comics one. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, going through this a little bit as we do and it's easy for me to do too because i could sit here and just sit at the table and talk right into the microphone like i'm doing right now and then open it up and be like Bleh. let's see what we get uh try to think if there's anything else i wanted to bring up as far as uh things that maybe we might have watched or talked about recently uh or just things that are going on uh, I mean, not really paying much attention to things. I'm kind of just keep, I'm watching a lot of 1999 WCW <laughs> on, on Peacock because that's, uh, that's what I like. And Jen's watching a lot of, uh, Law and Order SVU on Peacock. So we've got, a we got a lot of that going on. Anyways, let's get to the book and let's get to who we're going to talk about this week. Last week, uh, we did the Contemplator, which was at the beginning of the book. And then a week before that, we did Uncle Ben, which uh, was not fun for me because Uncle Ben is just a boring old guy who's dead. <laughs> I mean, it's certain. I mean, yeah, that's he did. He did have some stuff that was kind of cool. I guess I will admit there's some stuff that about him that I did not know that I uncovered uh, while doing this. And uh, I, I kind of I kind of enjoyed that part. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, you know, I don't I'm looking for some. Costume superheroes. Looking for some pizzazz and razzmatazz that uh, Marvel can offer. So we'll we'll see what we get here in just a second. 
let's uh well before i as i'm setting this up here just want to say check out uh youtube at angry hero 79 i did post a new video uh the other day uh with some uh unboxings i think i was doing uh uh wcw toy biz goldberg but uh i do have a stargate one coming up uh this uh, probably probably drop it on friday so keep an eye out for that all right let's see where do we want to start here we want to go i don't want to do i don't think i want to do a dead one so i'll try to keep it here in the middle-ish or just top more towards the top and we'll see what we get in three two one Oh, you know what? Okay, so now it's stuck in the middle of something. And it's not really starting because it kind of stuck in the middle of a Magrana Le Fay. And uh, I'm not going to count this because I need to have one, like a start of an entry. That's what I'm going to say. So we'll, we'll do that again. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Okay, uh, we are doing Phoenix. And by Phoenix, I mean Rachel Summers, who actually, no, well, sorry, we, we, there's two Phoenixes. So this is a pretty, uh, pretty important one, I guess you would say. Uh, I got to take my glasses off because I can't see for shit. My, you know, it's weird. Uh, I got a new prescription of glasses and for some reason I can't see, I can't read fine print with the glasses on so i have to take them off which is kind of ironic but uh as i was saying so phoenix is uh the phoenix force but also rachel summers who is like scott and scott summers gene gray's kid from another era and uh she's the one that is fixed pictured here on this uh and this uh, main image here. So it's, I mean, I'm a, it's, that's, that's what I'm going to count it as. She uh, looks very different than what I'm used to. Cause usually she just has like a red bodysuit, but here she has like a red, she's got like red, red bodysuit stuff, but the middle, like the primary, primary part uh, is like a Phoenix shaped, like bathing suit kind of deal. And uh, it actually looks pretty cool. And this is also the thing, too, with her, because I always noticed her when, you know, cause she debuted in, well, we'll get to that. But she debuted when she debuted, and she showed up, like, she would show up in, like, Secret Wars or something like that, or Secret Wars 2. And I was always fascinated because she had, like, these marks on her face for some reason. Like, they just, she has, like, these these lines just all across her, her face. And uh, I didn't know why. So I'm kind of looking at that uh, right now. But here in this particular one, her face is red, but like her, not her chest and neck is not red. So it's, that's kind of weird. And she's glowing because you can see the lines kind of shooting off of her. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's just basically her inflamed. So I'm down with that. And then below that, she is using her telepathic telekinetic juice to uh, take out a sentinel and uh, the sentinel is uh, falling to the ground. So that's what, uh, that's what she's doing here on this page. So uh, I'll talk about the other pictures after I read through this deal here. This is kind of, actually it's kind of bullshit because <laughs> I, 
This page, this this is a four page long entry. I guess you know what I'll I'll I wasn't gonna I was I was actually gonna say that I wasn't gonna do it, but I guess I'll do it. So maybe maybe we'll get something out of it here. All right, let's begin. So real name inapplicable. That's the first one, and then the second one is Rachel Summers. Occupation inapplicable until it took on human form and became an adventurer. Number two, uh, Rachel Summers is a former mutant hound, a later a student and adventurer. Identity, uh, the existence of the Phoenix Force is unknown to the general populace of Earth, while Rachel Summers' identity is secret. Legal status, uh, inapplicable for first for the first one. Uh, Rachel Summers is a citizen of the United States with an alternate reality, of, of an alternate reality with a criminal record, still a minor, no legal, which is spelled wrong, legal status in this reality and time period. So she's a she's a she's a criminal, and uh, she needs a good defense. And she is uh, one of the, uh, she's a criminal in uh, an alternate reality. But here, you know, she's uh, she's she's doing all right. She's uh, she's all of her all of her crimes have been swept away. Uh, other aliases number one would be Jean Grey, Mrs. Psych, <laughs> which uh, it sounds like a cheap uh, cheap like knockoff. Like something you would see from like uh, was it with Justice Machine that we did, Mrs. Psych, or Miss Psych? Excuse me, Miss Psych. Uh, Black Queen and Dark Phoenix, and then uh, Rachel has no other known aliases. Place of birth, inapplicable. Second birth, second uh, Phoenix is unrevealed. Both of uh, the statuses, uh, both marital statuses, are single uh, for the Phoenix Force. Although I wonder. You know, you can't really say that the Phoenix Force that took over Green Jean Grey was a single, you know. I mean, I mean, I guess you're just presuming that. You could presume, I guess they're presuming more that Rachel is a, uh, like they're treating her, treating her union with the, with, the, with the Phoenix Force as more of a person as opposed to just talking about Jean Grey in the first one, which we are going to because this thing is four pages long. So, Christ Almighty. Um. Because we're just, I guess we're yeah, we're just focusing on the on the, on the Phoenix Force uh, base of operations. Known universe a later, the known universe a later. Professor Xavier's school for the gifted youngsters, Salem Center, Westchester County, New York. Uh, Rachel's base of operations is Professor Xavier's school in an alternate reality. Later, mobile in a reality, uh, in a reality later a concentration camp in New York City. That it in that reality later mobile later. Professor Xavier's school of gifted youngsters uh, in this reality. That is a, that is something, man. That's a lot going on there. Uh, first appearance, uh, X-Men 101 for the Phoenix Force and for Rachel. Her first appearance was X-Men 141, and then when she was Phoenix, it was X-Men 199. Origin uh, in the for the Phoenix Force, it is Fantastic Four 286. And uh, for Rachel, uh, her origin is Phoenix, the Untold Saga, and also X-Men 188 and 192. So you got your pick there. All right. I'm probably not going to probably got to skim through this because these things aren't meant to be long. So my, my entries, at least. So we'll, uh, we'll give this a shot. Okay, history. Two beings called themselves the Phoenix and are possessing or and possessing extraordinary extraordinary psionic powers are known to have appeared in this universe. The first was a cosmic entity known as the Phoenix Force, which duplicated for itself 
and assumed the form and consciousness of Jean Grey, who is also known as Marvel Girl, one of the original uh, members of the X-Men, a team of super mutants, superhuman mutants. And uh, the second phoenix is the human being, Rachel Summers, who is said to be the daughter of Jean Grey of an alternate Earth. So we got ourselves into it. The Phoenix Force is a manifestation of a primal force of the universe which derives from the psyches of all living beings in the universe and which therefore has limitless power. So it's drawn from me, it's drawn from you, it's drawn from Jen, it's drawn from uh, Jeff Johns, it's drawn from everybody, and it's got all sorts of juice going into it. The Phoenix power Force embodies the uh, ambish, emotion rather than intellect, specifically the passion to create or destroy. It's a very, yeah... It, I've never read the Phoenix Saga, and one day I will, and uh, I'll probably enjoy it because it sounds like a very like emotional uh, story, and uh, I know they did it on film with the X-Men movie, the one X-Men movie. Um, I haven't seen it in the animated series. I actually should make a point to do that, but it's uh, it seems like it's a, it's a, it's a big deal, so... Um, yeah, I don't know, man. That sounds like uh, she, 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 the Phoenix Force is based on emotion, not not uh, smarts. So Jean Grey and the other members of the X-Men were kidnapped by Sentinel robots commanded by Stephen Lang, a scientist who was out to destroy superhuman mutants. The, after defeating Lang, the X-Men had to escape back to Earth aboard a space shuttle through the path of an unusually, an, an unusually intense solar flare. The shuttle's pilot had to sit in an area where he or she would be exposed to the lethal radiation. Jean Grey volunteered to be the pilot, using her telepathic abilities to absorb the knowledge of how to fly the shuttle from the mind of her ally, Dr. Peter Corbeau, and using her telekinetic powers to shield herself from the radiation. Pretty smart, actually. That's uh, I, I could just imagine, though, the, the, the intensity of that, having to learn how to fly a ship whilst also maintaining a bubble around you so you don't get hit with radiation, but also like tapping into somebody else's brain and them telepathically being like, okay, pull this, do that. So I want, I, yeah, that is, that's intense. I could never do that. I, I don't think I could, I could, like, I got this thing where like, I feel like I can't, function sometimes when like other noises and other things are happening at once like i could do things i could do multiple projects at once i am an efficient organized human being but sometimes it gets out of hand and uh i feel like uh i feel i feel i feel like kind of like a uh just just a lot of cacophony of going uh, of goings ons are happening so she basically sat there uh while you know basically sacrificed herself and to do this, to save her friends. And while she guided the craft back to Earth, the solar radiation finally proved to be too great for to hold back, for great to hold back any longer with her powers. The radiation began killing her painfully. Jesus. The sentient Phoenix Force sensed desperate desire, Gray's desperate desire to save the lives of the X-Men, especially Scott Summers, alias Cyclops, the man she loved, and to save her own life. So... This is something that I've always been interested. Uh, something that I've, I'm interested in is that the Phoenix Force, like, was just hanging out. Like, I don't know. We, was it around? Like, was it just hanging out by the moon or whatever by Earth, or was it like somewhere across the universe? And it just happened to pick her her motions up. 
And it, it basically what it does is it, you know, it takes her over and allows her to, uh, to uh, save her friends and take over her body, but then also put the real Jean Grey's body in a cocoon in the river. Uh, in like somewhere in, uh, I think the Hudson or something like that, because that's basically what happens, you know, when they, when the X-Men or when the Fantastic Four, the Avengers discover that, discover the cocoon and they bring it to Reed Richards and he's like, oh shit, it's Jean Grey. And she's like, I'm back, you know, and, uh, and then she's like, right, you know, right, just right into X-Factor, you know, which, uh, is, uh, you know, it's pretty hardcore, man. You know, you just cocooned yourself for however long and the you know almost sacrifice almost sacrifice the universe um yeah the jamaica bay excuse me the shuttle crashed in jamaica bay near new york city and but the energy being ensured that all the x-men and corbo survived the entity emerged from this shuttle calling itself the phoenix and the x-men believed the to be the real gene gray who they believed died and returned to life with vast new powers logical meanwhile gray's original human self remained in a coma-like state within a pod-like object. Yeah, so that's, as I said. And then, you know, we jumped to this whole thing with the Shar and uh, some craziness going on with them about to obliterate the universe. Uh, the, they were using something called the uh, McCran crystal, which I believe I've heard of. And uh, which it was in the, it's in the uh, Marvel, it's in the Marvel Ultimate Alliance. I believe you have to like, Dig those up or something. The crystal is a tesseract. Yeah, there's that word. Uh, a hyperdimensional construct. That's an actual word. Uh, within the, this, which this universe's scientific laws do not apply. Within the crystal, imprisoned by a magnetic stasis field and reduced to the size of a print brick, lies a so-called neutron galaxy. Why, why am I talking about this? Um, anyways, let's just talk more about Phoenix because, yeah, she's basically, uh, she enters the crystal and uh, with, with her full powers, though love of the X-Men and Gray's innate courage repaired the disintegrating stasis field, thus saving the cosmos. Yeah, so she stays the day there. Eventually, the Phoenix fell victim to the psionic manipulation of the Mastermind, who's kind of, kind of a jobber, but not really, uh, who was attempting to prove his worthiness to become a member of the secret inner circle of the Hellfire Club by mesmerizing Phoenix, whom he believed to be the real Gray, into becoming its new Black Queen. Yeah, so uh, he kind of was trying to uh, trying to get into a fraternity, you know. He you know he had he had to do that. He had to uh, go on to the to the to the Hellfire Club's uh, football field or field hockey. I'm assuming. I, don't know, I feel like they play field hockey at this Hellfire Club, and uh, had to pull his pants down around his ankles and walk with a walk with a with a watermelon and uh, not drop it. I'm assuming that's what happens. I I once uh, with the fraternity fraternities. I once was like up for like a uh, like a like a thing, like a, a scholarship when I was first entering college, and I remember going to this like breakfast type of thing, and I was there trying to you know I, I guess you just meet with the other. Um, with the other, you know, brothers there, you know, some of them, you know, of different uh, statuses and whatnot, and uh, they try to recruit you. I feel like they didn't try really hard to recruit me. I feel like they're just kind of like, hey, yeah, you might, you might want to join. All right, well, see you later. I didn't really get a get a get a good read on them wanting me to be uh, a part of this. 
uh, situation here. So uh, that being said, you know, I, I do, I did enjoy this uh, uh, literature they gave me saying that stuff that they don't do, being saying something about uh, drop. One of them was like dropping food into mouths as a part of like hazing. Like they don't force you to like eat things. And one of those things was liver, which that's a very specific item, a very specific item, uh, because you know either I mean you got you got to go out of your way to cook it, but if you're dropping I mean you're dropping it in raw because I'm gonna talk about beef liver, you know which I actually enjoy. I haven't had beef liver in a very long time, but my mom used to make it and it was pretty good. And I also remember there was a dude oh frig what was his name something I feel like he was something fish. It was something to do with a fish, and uh, he was kind of like a job, some some sort of jobber dude <laughs> there who uh, also was a part of for a brief period was a part of the uh, WBNY radio station that I was a part of in college. And I remember, uh, you know, because I was first starting out, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I was up for this this thing," and I met this guy here, so and so, and one of the guys, uh, Kurt, was just like, "It's like fuck that guy. He stole a Tori Amos CD." I always remember that, and I just always remember Kurt's rage. Towards this guy, and uh, yeah, but I, I've never, yeah, that was, that's my uh, fraternity thing. That's that's what uh, what's his face is trying to do, uh, mastermind. He's trying to get into the Hellfire Club fraternity using a device called uh, created by the White Queen. The masterminds projected a dreamlike fantasies into Phoenix's mind from afar, which slowly brought closer to the surface of her now human mind in dark desires. I am just reading this. This is a whole of a lot going on. So she was under the mastermind's control, and I think it kind of broke her. I think that's kind of what we're trying to get at here, because she goes from being just Phoenix to being Dark Phoenix, and Dark Phoenix, you know, wants to go out and destroy universes, and just it's very malevolent as uh, as it is. She was hungering for more energy due to the limitations of still being a physical form. Shortly after her initial activity as Dark Phoenix, she transported herself to the star. Dabari in the Shi'ar galaxy and absorbed energy from it. As a result, the star became a supernova, annihilating the sentient non-humanoid populate of one of its planets. Yeah, see, there it is. She, uh, she destroyed the planet. And I believe, I'm trying to think, there's a few characters that like they made as a part of like the X-Men line. And I'm trying to think of them, who they were. Uh, and they, I mean, I know Eric the Red was a part of it, but I believe he's like a Shi'ar guy. There's another gosh, it was shit. I can't think of who, who this one of these guys is. It's uh well, it's in the movie they have uh what's like Jessica Chastain plays one of these characters who is uh there to avenge her her people and destroy the uh the Dark Phoenix. So she returned to Earth and battled the X-Men. Cyclops tried to reason with her, appealing to the love Grey had for him and thereby induced Gray's true personality to begin the rise again from beneath Phoenix, Dark Phoenix's insanity. Unfortunately, X-Men's mentor, uh, the X-Men's mentor, Professor Xavier, caused her to revert fully to the Dark Phoenix again by attacking her. So Phoenix, so Cyclops is doing something good for once, actually making himself useful, and uh, what's-his-face showed up and uh, uh, ruined it all, Professor X. He was like, Mr. Cyclops... What are you doing? I need to blast this woman to kingdom come with my head. That's what I do. I am Professor Xavier. That is my Sir Patrick Stewart impersonation. Uh, 
by Cyclops, but Cyclops had laid the groundwork for Phoenix's cure, and so when Xavier uses full psionic power on Dark Phoenix to exercise, exercise her insanity, the nearly buried duplicate of Gray's true personality was able to assert itself just enough to allow him to succeed with Xavier's help. The uncorrupted Gray regained control of the Phoenix. And then uh, then shit really goes uh, goes wild because this is when the Shi'ar show up and are like, motherfucker, you destroyed one of our worlds. You, all of our homies are dead. You are going on trial. We're making this happen. And uh, basically she goes uh, crazy again. Uh, Phoenix acted as the real Grey would do in a situation. She teleconnectedly triggered the energy cannon she had found in the blue area of the Earth's moon where the trial by combat had taken place, causing it to fire and totally disintegrate her. Okay. So she she knew so she knew she was going wild. And this is basically how she ends up dying the first time, how the Phoenix Force you know ends up uh leaving Jean Grey's corporeal body and uh you know, it. You know, she she uh, was still in this coma. Like another, her real, real, real version was still in this coma, and uh, that allowed for you know things to die down for a while, I guess. Uh, but yeah, Phoenix committed suicide, thereby saving the universe. I, I get the impression that because I'm not reading here, but I get the impression the Shi'ar were like, yeah, we're gonna blow everything up anyways. But this suicide did not mean that the Phoenix Force ceased to exist. It simply meant that the Phoenix ent- Phoenix's entity, Phoenix entity's existence in human form was over. The Phoenix Force is indestructible. That's right. You can't break me. So I'm going to jump here to I believe what we're getting into is the uh, Rachel Summers portion of the of the uh, of the deal here. Uh, basically, in the alternate reality where the X Men uh, were succeeded. In uh, or were failed to prevent Mystique from assassinating Robert Senator Robert Kelly, uh, because he was killed. Everybody went really anti mutant, like even more so than they are in like the mainstream Marvel universe. And you know the president was an anti mutant guy, and he was like, "Yo, these robots, these Sentinels, we're gonna take them all down." So that's I think that was the Days of Future Past. I'm probably wrong, or I'm right. Maybe I know my comics. One summer morning, let's see here. One summer morning, when Rachel was still a child, at the base of operations, uh, Professor Xavier's school for gifted youngsters, blah, 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 was attacked and demolished by federal troops. Only survivor at school is Rachel, whom the soldiers found by the side of Xavier's corpse. They used drugs to neutralize Ra- Rachel's psionic powers. Later, she was tortured and brainwashed in prison. Following extensive behavior modification, she became a mutant hound. So she was, yeah, for some reason, I, when I saw read that, I, I, I felt she was, like, hunted, but she's doing the hunting. So they were using her. And uh, she was using her psionic powers to hunt down other mutants for the authorities who would kill or imprison them. In the process, Rachel occasionally killed mutants herself, and it is known that some of those who are yet unidentified were people she loved. Woof. So as you can imagine, uh, the anguish of being a hound was pretty harsh on her, and eventually she ended up in a, a concentration camp for mutants. And also, as I'm realizing here, uh, the process of being a mutant hound did result in her being all scarred up. So that's why her face looks like that. And uh, that is something I, I am I am now fulfilled in knowing. 
So, uh, and I mean, basically, you know, she ends up in our reality and something to do with Kitty Pride. There's a lot going on here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to not keep make this very long, but uh, I kind of feel like I'm doing a disservice by not uh, reading through it. Uh, let's see here. She was instrumental in the plan to end Sentinel, the end Sentinel's reign by changing history. So they were trying to go back and change history. So basically days of future past. So as we saw in the uh, one X-Men movie, uh, you know, she wasn't in there, but they were using Wolverine and uh, they were using Kitty Pride and Bishop was there for some reason. It was all, it was all, it was all, shit was all part. Peter Dinklage was there. He was, uh, he was Trask, I believe. Yes. History cannot be changed in this manner. That's right. Yeah, because, you know, if you change one timeline, you're only changing things in that particular timeline. You're not changing things like when you go back to your timeline. As I learned by watching or reading, uh, there's an issue of Marvel 2-in-1. I think it's the 50th issue where Thing tries to uh, change himself back to normal. And... Uh, you know, by going back in time, but then he comes back to the reality and then reads like, yo, dude, you should have known this. Wah, wah. Uh, Rachel, as it turned out, actually caused Kitty Pride to exchange psyches with her younger self. Uh, so she, wow, so she switched, so she screwed up Kitty Pride pretty good. Kate, yeah, so we're, we're, we're talking about Kitty Pride here. I don't care. Summers, let's just talk about Rachel here. Let's just jump right to Rachel because Summers found herself physically transported body and mind to a time shortly before the present. But like Kate's spirit, or Kitty Pride's spirit, she had traveled not to the past of this mainstream reality. Not to the, She had traveled not to the past of this mainstream reality. She went to Xavier's mansion, but could not bring herself to stay, realizing that she had come back to the wrong reality and fled without identifying herself. She went to Manhattan, where she was pursued by the psychic vampire Celine, a.k.a. the Black Queen. There's that Black Queen. Uh, Summers was rescued by the X-Men, and join the team. So yeah, at this point, she's adjusting, and there's some stuff with the Shi'ar. Uh, I'm probably skipping over something really important. Um, and uh, she has not yet told. Okay, here's here's her in uh, Secret Secret Wars. This is why I know why I know of her from when I was a kid. The alien Beyonder has hinted that Rachel could potentially become the equal in power of the previous Phoenix. Uh, indeed, the Beyonder once again once granted Rachel the full power that she that the previous Phoenix had possessed, but he reclaimed it shortly thereafter. So he was like, "Yo, check this out. This feels pretty good. You like it? Yoink!" The Beyonder man, that guy kind of he, he's he's he, t he tends to screw things up. I I I'm talking about the I, I gotta talk about the Beyonder for a second because I you know he comes down to Earth looking like Steve Richards, and he's he, and then he eats a hot dog and he has to take a shit. And well, Spider-Man has to show him how to take a shit, and then and then he just gets Jerry gets a black Jerry curl, and he's like starts like giving people powers, and because he does like I think I feel like he like he he boosts people like he'll 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 fucks with like Molecule Man, and uh, he created Volcana, and you know I mean he's it's kind of a it's kind of it's kind of a shit disturber. 
Rachel had not yet told the Cyclops, the Cyclops, the Cyclops of Oakville, okay, the Cyclops of this reality that his counterpart in her native reality was her father. But it has been speculated that Cyclops has deduced this, him, deduced this himself. Rachel's fellow X-Man Wolverine recently severely injured her to prevent her from vengefully murdering Celine in the heat of passion. Rachel was subsequently captured and rendered amnesiac by the extradimensional being Spiral. I didn't know Spiral could do that. Uh, okay. Rachel Summers' future uh, Rachel Summers' future fate remains to be seen. As we do find out uh, down the line, she does end up joining the, uh, the Excalibur team. And uh, that's basically all I know about what she's doing now. But I just read about what she was doing then. And uh, I don't know. I hope it was worth it. Height uh, for the, I guess, the height of the Phoenix Force, which you just assume is Jean Grey. So the height of uh, Phoenix Force 1 is 5'6", whereas uh, Rachel Summers is 5'7". Weight, 110 for the original. 125 for Rachel. Both of their eyes are green and both of their hair is red. Strength level in human form. The first Phoenix possessed the normal human strength of a woman of Jean Grey's age. Height and build who engages in regular exercise. The second Phoenix possesses the normal strength of a woman of her own age, height and build who engages in regular exercise. So if she has the Phoenix powers, though, I mean, she should be able to have super strength, I think. I, that, that does, that's kind of a bummer. Like, you could do everything but not have super strength. That's, that's the one thing that I would want. That's the one thing I, I would really need. I could really use that. Uh, no superhuman powers. The first is Phoenix in human form possessed virtually unlimited telepathic and telekinetic powers. She could rearrange atomic and molecule structures and matter and could generate in any form of energy in virtually any conceivable amount. She could drain energy from sources as great of a, as a Nova. She could exist in any environment without harm, travel through hyperspace, and create space warps. Her powers were apparently limited only by the strength of her will and the breadth of her imagination. She could convert her physical form to pure energy at will. So here's something. Here's here's the deal with Rachel. Uh, the second Phoenix, Rachel Summers, has the same human powers as Marvel Girl possessed. So you got that. Summers can read minds, project her thoughts, blah blah blah. Mental bolts. She has telekinetic powers that can levitate matter, and she can fly using that. The upper limits of her telepathic and telekinetic powers, unaided by drawing upon the Phoenix Force, are not known. Apparently, Rachel Summers can draw upon the Phoenix Force. For, to a limited degree, in order to do so, in, she did so in order to protect herself from physically, herself physically, through time and from her own native reality into this one. Presumably, she also tapped into the Phoenix Force to exchange the psyches of adult Kitty Pride and younger Kitty Pride across time and the dimensions. It has been speculated that Rachel's powers might eventually equal those of the Phoenix. So, where's that super strength, though? That needs to exist. Often when Rachel uses her powers to extent, uh, the Phoenix Force will manifest itself about her in the form of an enormous hawk-like bird or a phoenix uh, comprised of frame, flame to which Rachel is immune. The same manifestation is often surrounded the previous phoenix when she used her powers. And that's the entry. Holy crap. That's a lot going on here, man. I've been talking, I've been talking solo about this for almost a half hour. Um, but there's your Phoenix, Rachel Summers. That's what, that's what she's all about. Uh, hope you guys dig this. 
you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Angry Hero Sean and Jen is at, at Jen Stansfield on Twitter and Instagram. And please uh, rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get this show. And also find us on uh, uh, Facebook. You can find us on Facebook at Worst Collection Ever. And also email the show at Worst Collection Ever at gmail.com. That's Worst Collection Ever at gmail.com. You can uh, send us messages and let us know if you like this hot boost stuff. I like doing it. I dig it. I'm just curious what you guys think as we uh, kind of take a break from the regular comics and try to sort some stuff out here in the homestead. Uh, that's what we're doing. So, anyways, folks, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah.